Good morning. I'm very excited to come and share God's word with you this morning. Um, it's been incredible time, as we know, around the 120 life theme that we've been on, and it's been very exciting. I'm excited about it. We did lots of things, founding the truth, life, and all those things that we spoke about around that. Last week, Pastor, Pastor Louis also preached, preached around that, and so I'm very excited to, to come in and speak to you and share God's word with you this morning. So, as we begin... This week, this is the last Sunday of the 120, and we're going to be speaking about equipped to go. We're going to be speaking about equipped, equipped to go. And so I would like for us to please open in Matthew 28, Matthew 28, verse 16 to 20, Matthew 28, verse 16 to 20. I'm going to be reading from the NIV version. This is how it goes. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I'm with you always, to the very end of age. Let us pray. Father, I want to thank you for your word. Your word is truth. Your word is life. Lord, as we share around your word, Lord, that you will impact us. You will speak into our hearts, that we would know exactly what you're saying to us, and how we are about to live out and apply it in in our lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Jesus is talking to his disciples. He appears before his disciples. Remember now, he died and he rose, and the women saw him at the grave, and they ran back and told the disciples. And Jesus apparently he appeared before his disciples, and he said to them, meet me at this mountain in Jerusalem. And then they went, and then they met him. In verse 16 and 17, they are meeting Jesus, and they're worshiping Jesus. But the Bible says that some of them doubted. Why did they doubt? Because they saw Jesus dying on the cross. I would doubt also. They also doubted because they thought there's just no way um, Jesus can rise and it can be him because how, how, how did this happen? It can't be that Jesus is alive. And so there was a doubt in their, in their hearts and they were not sure how they are to, uh, to go from there and from that point. And so Jesus, being who he is, being God, does something else. But before I do that, I want to just start off with a story. I made it up, so please, bear with me. <laughs> if I were to speak with someone after I share the sermon, if I were to go downstairs and chat with someone else and say, hey, how are you doing, how are you keeping, and they're saying to me, Pastor, I would like to know more about Jesus. I want someone who can lead me to Jesus. And somehow I happen to catch your eye while I'm still talking to this person because, you know, Pastor, you know, we are going to the next meeting. And I was going to be going to the next meeting. And so I'm thinking, I need to go to the next meeting. How am I going to chat with this person, lead them to the Lord, and still get to the meeting? So I'm thinking, if I can catch just one person around here, then they can just tell this person about Jesus. And I happen to catch you to come and speak to Mary or John or Tepo. And so I come and I say, hey, please, can you quickly come here? And I ask you to come and I say, 
this person wants to know more about Jesus. Can you please tell them a little bit more about Jesus and lead them to Jesus? Would you be able to do it? Would you be able to lead this person to Jesus? Would you be able to tell them about who Jesus is and how to have a relationship with him? And so in these verses, these disciples are in doubt. They are thinking, yeah, is this really real? We've seen Jesus for three and a half years. Is it really him? And in verse, in verse 18, it continues to speak something. And it says that Jesus speaks to them and he says something else to them. But before he does that, I want to bring something around the word God. The word God. Two-thirds of the word God is go. Two-thirds of the word God is, is go. And so it's interesting that in verse in these verses, we're going to see how Jesus is sending out his disciples. And so we're going to work on this two-thirds of the word go. And there's a reason why there's a big gap there. It's not a, uh, a typo. I hear this nowadays they use the word. It's not a typo. There's a reason why it's there. Because Jesus said to us that we must go. And so I want to read for you in verse 18. Then we're going to work, we're going to work on this together. In verse 18, he says, Then Jesus came to them and said, Now they are in doubt. They are thinking, Is Jesus really risen from the dead? They are not sure about this thing. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. What is this authority? What is Jesus talking about when he says, All authority? Jesus, as they were walking with him, they could see that Jesus had authority over sickness, isn't it? He healed the sick. Jesus also, he cast out the demons. Jesus also walked on water. That's the one thing that I want to still try and do. Maybe walk on air also. How's that? And so they saw Jesus doing all these miracles. And they saw also Jesus coming the storm. Peace be, be still. They also heard Jesus assuming to take responsibility to forgive sin. And so... We cannot do all these things without his authority. It's his authority. All heaven, all, all authority has been given to me in, in heaven and on, and on earth. It's his authority. And it's authority that is delegated. I always think of a traffic cop. I don't know if you've met one. But normally when you're driving, they will jump out from somewhere. <laughs> and they will stop. They will stop you. And as they stop you, they say one side. Now tell me, do you stop because they are cute? <laughs> or do you stop because you know them? Or do you stop because you like them? Not a chance. You, <laughs> you stop because of they have delegated authority. There's something much bigger than them that comes and says, stop one side. And so Jesus says all authority, it means it's been delegated to him. It's no longer some authority. It's no longer most of the authority. It's all authority. It's the very reason why we say, in the name of Jesus, when we pray, because it's delegated authority. And so we pray from a delegated authority. And so we move from that authority. I would like to give you a story. This one is true. <laughs> I was walking with my wife in town, there by Semimak Square. We just got married and... We were walking, and there's a place in Samuel Square where you can walk upstairs, but it's quite a narrow uh, path that you walk to upstairs. And so 
one side there's like a beam that divides. One side people can go down and the other side people go, go up. And so because it was a narrow place, I just allowed it to go first, ladies first. I allowed it to go upstairs. And there was a lot of people there and everything. And so I'm walking and I'm walking behind there. And on the other side, there happens to be this guy. And he waits there for N as he comes up. And he waits for N on the other side. And he says, hey, sweetie, sweetie, hey, babes, hey, hey, son, hey, hey, sweetie, sweetie. Now I'm walking behind N. And he, he, this guy is persistent. Hey, sweetie, hey, babes, hey, son, hey, look at me, man. Come on, man. Ah, one so that's what, that's what Those were his words, one so now I'm, I'm, I'm looking at all this. Now I'm walking behind Anne. So Anne goes upstairs and uh, she waits for me. And then I, I wait for this guy to come, to come downstairs. <laughs> he comes downstairs and then I stop him and I said, Hey, buddy, that one, showing, her, showing him Anne. I said, that one is my sweetie, not your sweetie. <laughs> that one is my sweetie, not your sweetie. Understand? He said to me, oh, sorry, Brian, I know I wasn't, I wasn't aware that, that there is a lady. And I said, yeah, now you know. Okay, don't go around calling other guys sweeties here and everything. doesn't work. Now, Anne is, is looking at this. My wife Anne is looking at this the whole time. And so I got upstairs, and I could see that she's quite impressed with me. You know, I was like, now can you imagine what happens to me? I started walking like this now. I started walking like this now. I'm the man now. She felt secure. She felt covered. There was some delegated authority. She felt that someone was behind. She was behind there. It was breaking up her. And so I want to encourage you. If Jesus could pray for the sick and they got well, and he could cast out demons, and he could be a comfort to those that needed comfort, how much more is he breaking up you? Because he is right there to back you up in his authority, in the name of Jesus. The Bible says that greater is he that is in you than the one in this world. It's delegated authority. So his authority, all authority has been given to him in heaven and on, on earth. And so we have delegated authority. He spoke about authority. And I want to get into the next verse in verse 19. It says, therefore, go and make disciples. Of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, go and make disciples. It's amazing that Jesus, he doesn't just give them delegated authority, but he gives them also a mission. It's his mission, but he gives them and says, go and make disciples. I don't know, but I'm not a guy who would quickly just go and, and make disciples if I don't understand what is Jesus trying to talk about. And so he says, go and make disciples. We learned a while back that God is actually a father, and a father who wants a family. And throughout history, even in the Bible, you can see God wants a family. God is, God is, God's legacy is people. He wants as many of the people to come to the knowledge of him. Interesting, it says that go and make disciples of all, all nations, not some nations, not most of the nations, all nations. That includes every culture, every race, every, every tongue, every tribe, every clan, everyone, all, all of them. It's his mission 
that everyone may come to the knowledge of him. And therefore, he says to his, to, he says to his disciples, go and make disciples. It's a calling we have. We are called to make disciples because of we are backed by him. We have his authority. We have his mission to go out and do it. What was Jesus' mission? We know for a fact that Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil, isn't it? We, we know for a fact that Jesus came to die for our, our sin. We know for a fact that God came, Jesus came to restore our relationship with who? With God. And so that was the mission. The mission was that we may go and tell others about him so they can come to know the love of God, his embrace. Because God, throughout history, he wants to reap a family. He wants all of us to come to the knowledge of him. And so if you have him in your heart, if you're a born-again believer, you have an opportunity to share a word with someone else. I have someone that I'm busy working with in my life. They don't know the Lord because uh, they are, they are no, no, nowhere near a church, and so they don't, they're not so much interested in uh, being a believer and things like that. And so I start to work with them because they are close by me, and I can chat with them about Jesus and about God. Now, for quite some time, there was a challenge that I had with this person. They were not open. And so it happened that one day, I see them and I saw them. I said, hey, but why do you look so sad today? And then they said to me, no, my uncle passed away and I'm supposed to uh, get, in, get, get in a car and get there and see if I can do something about the situation in terms of helping with the family and all the arrangements. And so this person, I felt right there the Lord speaking to me. And I felt the Lord saying to me, won't you pray for them? Now, I've never prayed for them. I've always talked, spoke about God and, 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 and encouraged them in, those, in the things that they used to do. And so I said to them, can you, can you pray with me? I just want to pray that God's comfort will come upon you. And so I prayed for this person. After that, it was like something opened up in their, in their lives. They were able to, to share a little bit more about God because they suddenly saw, saw this, this, this love someone reaching out to them. And so we are called also to be those that reach out to others. Sometimes when we hear about go and make disciples or go make followers of Jesus, we think, ah, it means I must lead people to the Lord and be evangelizing. That's not the point. The point is there might be someone in your life close by, maybe at work, maybe where you live or where you stay, maybe um, where you do your thing in terms of life and things like that, where you find man, you know, I need to speak more about God and what God has done in my life. And so your mission is not that you go and you make everyone and God come to go, come to know God and everything. No, it's, it's that the way you live and how you speak with others, that will encourage them to come to the knowledge of who Jesus is. And so when Jesus says, go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, is that we, wherever we are, we may encourage those that do not know him to come to the knowledge of who he is. That's what his mission is, to restore the relationship of those that have been lost. Amen. So we have his authority backed up by him. We have his mission, where it says in verse 18 that Jesus said to them, in 19, where it says, Therefore, go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And so we are to baptize them 
when they agree and the way they say, I want to know more about Jesus. And you might be working with someone there and you're thinking, ah, it's not, it's not working this thing. Uh, they are not responding. Continue to pray for that person. It's part of your mission. It's part of your calling to reach out to, reach out to them. Amen. It continues in verse 20. It says, And teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I'm with you always to the very end of age. And teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. So we spoke about his authority, all authority. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. We spoke about his mission, that all people may come to be disciples of Jesus. Now we speak about his message, that we are to teach and obey everything that he has, that he has taught. And so we are to share and to go and share his message. What is this message, if you think with me? The message of Jesus was very clear and simple. And he answered it, I think, in John 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world that he what? That he gave. That he gave his one and only son. And so God loved the world. It was his message to us that he, that he loves us, that we are loved by him. Do you think God wants everybody to know about this love? Yes. Yes. He wants everyone to know about this love. We are also, his message was that we are to be the salt and the light. We are to be the salt and the light. Are you the salt where you are? In your family, in your work, where you serve, whatever you do, are you a salt? Are you the light? Or are you the secret agent? <laughs> I don't want them to know about me. Are you a secret agent of Jesus? Or are you the light? Do you take the light, the Bible says, do you take the light and put it under a cover? No, you don't. You put it on the, on the table where it can give light. And so we are to be the salt and the, and the light. We are to add, to add flavor and to preserve. And so we are encouraged to speak his message with confidence and with conviction. With conviction. His message also was that we're gonna, we are a royal priesthood. We are a royal priesthood. And so we are called to be the chosen ones of God. Each one of us, we are called to be the chosen ones of God. And so each one of us have got something, something to share about who Jesus is. We are also the difference between, between just witnessing and being a witness. I'll give you another story. A couple of years ago, we went to the coast with the family, and the kids were playing a little bit there in the front, and we were right at the beach, and oh, it was so nice and chilled, you know. Uh, the beach has this thing where you just, just chill and you relax, and so um, I saw the kids were playing and everything, and then there were these three people that were coming. It was one, two gentlemen and one lady that were walking towards us, and then we were holding hands, talking, and, and we were just chatting, and I was, I was doing my thing, and it was working, and, and so we were working around and everything, and um, this, this guy, these two guys and this one lady, they came towards us, and then one guy stopped us, and he says, excuse me, he said, yes, he says, how are you? And we said, no, we are well, we're doing good, thank you, 
And he says, yeah, it's a nice place here. He says, yes, it's a nice, it's a nice place here. And then the guy says to us, um, you know, I want to I wanna pray for you. I wanna follow me in this prayer. Close your eyes. Then he grabs us and he says, Lord, follow me in this prayer. Lord. And then we said, Lord. <laughs> he says, thank you for today. Thank you, Lord, for today. Lord, forgive us our sin. Forgive us our sin. So he led us to the Lord in prayer. And we were like, Something is wrong here. This guy doesn't even ask, what is my name? And then he's already leading me to the Lord. Oh, something is wrong here. And I'm like, but this guy is for real. So now we follow him in his prayer. We were polite. You know, I was, um, my guard was down. And you know, other, in another day, I would say, hey, bro, just wait a little bit. What are you doing? You know, but that day I was like chilled. Remember, I was doing my thing. And so I was busy with my wife, just, you know, charming her enjoying this day and everything else. And now somebody comes, grabs us, makes us bow our heads and follow him in prayer. Ah, yeah, yeah. This was like, no, man, this is not supposed to be. But anyway, he led us in prayer and then he said, thank you, now you can go. And then we left. Ah, oh, woman. And I thought, but this, is, this, this guy is missing something. And so I learned from that time that even though we have the message of Jesus in us, it's on the how, it's how we, it's how we do it. It's how we reach out to others. Sometimes, as believers, we may, we may be irritating and annoying people because of just the way we approach them. That is not an approach that, that is of love, of caring, of showing Jesus' uh, way of doing things and leading them gently. We just come in and we just command them. This is how you are to do it. And so I learned from that day that, yes, this guy, I think he needs a little bit more understanding of how to actually lead someone someone to the Lord. He didn't know already that we were pastors. How's that? He was leading pastors to the Lord. And so it was like really funny for me. I just thought, yes, maybe Lord, I need to accept you again. Maybe, maybe I'm missing something. <laughs> maybe I'm missing something here, Lord. And, and it was like one of those moments where you go, I wish I could chat a little bit more with him to, to understand where was he coming from? Why did he do that? Why did he approach it in, in that way? And so we spoke about Jesus' authority and his authority being to heal the sick, to cast out demons. Even Jesus at some other time, he even raised people from the dead. And so it was his authority that backs us up and we can do things because of that authority. That's the first part. The second part is that it was his mission. His mission that he has mandated us with to say we must go and speak about him. We must go and tell others about him and his goodness. Because God wants to reap a family. He wants everyone to come to the knowledge of who he is. And we spoke now about his message. It's his message that we go out and we tell others with. And so those things are very important as we read through them. Matthew 28, verse 16 to 20. That all may come to the knowledge of who he is. That all may know who he is. And how he wants us, how he wants us to live. I want to just read again in verse, in verse 20. And teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, as surely as I am with you, always to the very end of age. To the very end of age. Didn't he promise us in his word that he is Emmanuel? God with us. Why will he be with us? Yes, he loves us, of course. But does it end there? No is that we may also go and tell 
tell others about him. And it must be natural. It mustn't be from a place of, I need to do it. No, there is a calling in each one of us. As long as you profess that Jesus is Lord, there is a mandate on your life to go and speak about him, to speak about his authority, to show it off, and to have his mission in your life to pass his, his message to others. And so that's Matthew 28, verse 16 to 20. So the question remains then, how do I make disciples? Can I make disciples? Remember now, you are there with this person who needs to know more about Jesus. What do you say to them? How do you, how do you approach this whole situation? What do, you do, what do you do with it? On your seats when you came this morning, there was something like this. It says your life story. There's a card like that says your, your life story. I would like for you to please open it. <clears throat> So how do you, how do you speak to this person? How, what do you say to them? This is a conversation starter. I, I call it like that, a conversation starter. Someone, something that will help as you speak to people about what you're trying to say when you speak about Jesus. Remember, this Sunday we said equipped to go. So it is a small tool. It's not the beginning and the end of all of, of, all of it and what you need to do. But it's just a tool to assist you as you speak to people, you can even memorize it and you can draw it for them and they can see what you're trying to say to, say to them. I start off by saying that at the center of everyone's life, there's something. There's something at the center of everyone's life. So the question maybe is, what is at the center of your world? What is at the center of your world? The first picture, if you see it there, where is Jesus in your life? What is at the center of your world? And you see that there's an eye there. Can you see it on the, on the chair? There's an eye there. And the areas in your life are surrounding that chair, which is finance, career, marriage, society, entertainment, etc. There's a lot of things. What is at the center of your life? So there's all these things that are at the center of maybe your finances, maybe your family is at the center of your, of your life or at the center of your world. And so you can see that in that circle where you are in, on the seat and there's other things that are surrounding you that you have to decide. So this person believes that my will, my way. My will, my way. Not the insurance company, please. But that person is saying, <laughs> my will, my way. They are the ones who make the decisions about their finances, their family, how they're going to live, how they're going to do things. My will, my way. And so the I life is focused on me. It's about me. When they even get to church, they sing the song, it's all about me, because of, it's about them. They make the, the decisions. And so this is the I life, where the person says, I don't need anyone. I don't need Jesus. I can do this by, my, by myself. And so this is the I the I, the I life. The second part is the 911 life, where you call, the person calls on God in a crisis. But then you can see closely that the cross is now within this circle. So Jesus is part of this person's life. This person is saying, I'm still in church, so it's God's will, my way. God's will, my way. 
They're saying, God, it's only when I need you that I will call on you. Other than that, you can still just be there as part of my life. Only when I need you, I will call you. And so this person says, my will, his will, my way. They are still in charge. And so they call God whenever. These people are also the same people who come to church on a weekly basis. They believe that they, they, are, they are doing the right thing by going to church, but they still do things and they still run their own, their own life. The third picture is where Jesus is in control. Now, Jesus is at the center of this, of this chair. He's the one who sits in the heart of this person. This person calls on Jesus. They are saying, without you, Jesus, I cannot do this life. Without your authority, without your mission, without your message, I cannot do it. I can only do it if you come and you assist me. Jesus, I want to make you the center of my life. My finances, I want to make the decisions with you. Career, family, marriage, I want to make the decision with you. And so, this can be a very good conversation starter because each person can look and to, to find themselves, where is it that they are in this picture? Are they the ones at the center? My will, my way? Or are they the ones who are saying, your will, my way? Or are they saying, Lord, your will, your way? And so we can all find ourselves in this picture to say, where am I? And so I would say to this person, where are you in this picture? And they can say to me, yeah, I'm in, I'm in, this, I'm in the second picture or I'm in this third picture or no, I know Jesus. But you will pick it up and you will know where they are. And if they do accept that they want to move from one picture to the other one, maybe let's say they are in this one, the 911 life, where they say they call on God, they are aware of Jesus, but they want Jesus to come and be at the center of their life. Then you have a card like this at the bottom of the card. It says, how can I make Jesus the center of my life? You can pray with them and you can lead them and lead them in this prayer. And so these steps are not difficult. It's just something to start conversation. It's something that can equip you to go and make disciples. And you can go and bring about God's kingdom where you go can bring about his message and what, what, he wants you, what he wants you to do. Does it make sense? Is it something that is possible? Is it a doable something? I think it's possible. I think it's possible. My conclusion, if, if you are here and you say, Jesus, I belong to you, I worship you, I honor you and I love you and I serve you, Therefore, it means you are a disciple of Jesus. Do you agree? You are a disciple of Jesus. But maybe the question comes back and it goes back to the scripture we were sharing. If you are a disciple of Jesus, who are you discipling currently? Who are you discipling currently? And so we can be disciples of Jesus, but Jesus in this word, he encourages us to take the next step. To say, if I'm a disciple of Jesus, I'm also called to become a disciple, someone who speaks about him, who calls others to come to the knowledge of who he is. So we are equipped to go by his authority. We have his 
his mandate, which is his mission, and we have his, his message. His authority, his mission, and his message. And so maybe the question remains this morning. If you are a disciple of Jesus, who are you discipling? Are you discipling someone? Are you encouraging someone to come to the knowledge of who he is? And that doesn't only mean that you lead people to God. It means that you speak about him, you model him, and you encourage others to come to the knowledge of who he is. Amen. Amen. Let's bow our heads, please. Father, I want to thank you, Lord, that each one of us, we are called. We are called, Lord, by you to be witnesses. We are called to make disciples. Like Jesus gave the authority, the mission, and the message. We are to go out and say what you want us to say to those that we may come across, Lord. And so I pray in Jesus' name that this, this morning as we go out, that we will be equipped, Lord, authorized by you to go and make disciples, that we will encourage people to come to the knowledge of who Jesus is, that the knowledge is not just for us to have, but to go and make disciples. So, Lord, we pray that, Lord, testimonies will come from this, that people will know who you are and how you want them to live. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Excellent. Thank you so much for your time. Appreciate it. I want to just highlight one thing. In, with those cards, if there's anyone that may lead someone to the Lord with that card or may speak to someone, please uh, contact the church if there's something like that or your pastor, and please just give them your testimony and how it has worked out. We want to encourage everyone to continue to go out and make disciples because that's what we are called to do in Jesus' name. Amen. Go out and have a blessed week. Thank you. <laughs>